My guest this week is Josh Emmett. He is one half of the group Something Complex. He's also a photographer, a video director, and he's running a new space in Baltimore called Reverb. The art this week, as always, is by Mike Riley. Check him out at MikeRileyComics.com. And once again, we're being hosted by Splice Today. Check them out at splicetoday.com. Let's, Let's go, go in. in. I grew up in North Florida, right near like the Panhandle, uh, Apalachicola, Port St. Joe, which is like a total fisherman village. So okay. many weird memories of like, you know, just woods and fish and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, that was real short lived. Then we went down to South Florida. It was like Fort Myers, Pine Island. And I spent 20 years on an island. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And actually, I heard that in some of the other podcasts. And you're like, what's up with these islands? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was an island, but it was connected by a bridge. Okay. But it was still like seven miles one way, seven miles the other. Like, because yeah. when you come into the center, it's like a plus stop sign. Seven <laughs> Eleven right at the center. Yeah. So it's 14 miles long, and then uh, it's small enough to where the politics are very interesting. Okay. So, you know, Little League, when you're growing up, it's like a big deal. Yeah. And uh, uh, the uh, parents, you know, who were like the owners or the coaches of the Little League, they were also like the head, uh, uh, like fire marshals and, and ambulance drivers and you know, the people who own the biggest crops and fields were like, you know, owned, you know, partial stake in the, the only grocery store. So it was, if you weren't any of those families who had all like the palm tree business or the, you know, owned the, the marina, because it was probably like two or three marinas, two major ones and then one or two hidden ones. Uh, if you weren't any of those families, you were just kind of digging on all of their stuff. <laughs> huh. Which is weird. Uh, and I, yeah. as a kid, I didn't really know that until, I guess, things came up. And I'm like, oh, I guess I get it now. That's yeah. why we're not cool. Or that's why, <laughs> you know, those kids in school kind of just a total cock of the walk, you know. Right. What did your parents do back then? Uh, I come from a very, uh, I guess, lower income communal survival survivalist uh, lifestyle, so especially on an island because everyone can kind of band together. Yeah. So it's like the world we live in that we see through the internet or we see through television and CNN or whatever. If you were to take that whole world and just be able to geographically or whatever make that like diagram of all the different colors, like who has the money and who has the power, you know, that's how the island was. So you could just, uh, you could just, it was like palpable, I guess. Uh, yeah. So a good thing about that is if you're not one of the elitist, kind of have a community, you know. So that mm. was like my family. Uh, little money, but probably the biggest hearts around. So mm. we always had, I, th- I think that's why I ended up 
being an artist because all we had were uh, like misfits all the time. So it's like every couple months, which as a young mind thinking back, it seemed like it was every every couple minutes, you know, every couple of days or every couple of weeks there was someone new around that we were helping or they had something to add, like this guy could do drywall or something. And then we're like, oh, well, we have a couch, you know, so. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, so that's, it's hard to say what they did because everyone just did whatever they could do to survive. So if someone didn't have the proper faculties to have responsibility in the job, hopefully they can cook. And cook, hopefully they can do laundry. So it was mm. like, yeah. And we had the core unit of my family, but there were always just people around us <laughs> that were usually individuals who are transient like that will uh, see themselves out quicker than they establish a family tie. Right, right. I guess so. I guess maybe you didn't have anything to compare it to, but like, what did you like think of that kind of lifestyle? I thought it sped up my cognitive abilities. <laughs> it's just uh-huh. as far as like social skills, even though yeah. I think it, uh, I think it made me uh, real low key with, you know, more observant all the time. And I actually ended up working with someone in my early 20s <clears throat> who was there through all that. And like from like 18 to 21, I was on this hellbent mission to like figure out why is this like this? What happened along the way? Who and how and what? And so I met this guy and I had known him. I had like four memories and it all re- revolved around music. It's like I would go over there, they would party. There would be like moody blues on or like in a gotta defeat yeah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, but I asked him at one point, I was like, you know, I don't know. And I was like the lead person at that company or not the whole company, but he and I worked together and he was new and like I was the lead guy training him and he was like double my age or whatever. And I was like, hey, this is going to sound weird, but you know, I'm on this weird path of figuring out like all the memory because you know when you're younger you can't remember certain things because you're just consuming everything and you're just learning yeah and there's so much growth so fast that you can't there's no way to log in all the memories you know and as you get older you want to know like how did i end up at that house how did i do that you know whatever and i asked him like how was i what was happening at that time because all i had were three memories and i'm sure that was like a year or something or i don't know two years or three years whatever and he was just like well you were very quiet and very observant and it's like, and when he spoke, it usually meant something. And you were very interested in art and music. What was the art and music back then that was getting you amped? First started out with escapism. Because the world was so crazy with so many people and uh, so many things that in that position somebody wouldn't have, you know, like everyone else has. Or at least when you're younger, you view that what everyone else has, which is probably just two people out of... 200 or whatever. Yeah. But, or what TV is telling you at the time. Uh, so, definitely escapism, which the physical manifestation of that was always art, always like drawing. And even though I knew I wasn't that good, I was good at what I did. I was going yeah. to do like, you know, manga and comic book art. And mm. just, there's no way. No way at all. I was just like, I would try do the circles, the circles, and like connect the body parts. And I was like, this sucks. So I just do a really weird, uh, symmetrical 
uh, with an outside perspective, was like nasty art. Like, I, I had a guy one time who was like a very established. He was like eighty at the time. He was uh, he was very good. Like fine, fine. Uh, you know, like he would paint the uh, the bowl of fruit with the light, the yeah, light and everything. And that was like the first time I ever had someone look at the artwork that I made. And this is way before music. Uh, I definitely love music, and that's I always listen to it. So it's a soundtrack to everyday life. But the art artwork was every every day. School didn't exist. Art existed. Yeah. Even in art class, art class didn't exist. Like my own universe of art existed. Totally. Uh, but that dude, <laughs> I had my portfolio with me, and he looks at it, and uh, he goes, "Okay." I think it was Italian. He's like, "Okay." Now, I don't dislike it, but I need to know. Why you do these things? I I don't understand why you do these things. I mean, this this specific image of the uh, picture he looked at. He looked at all of them, but one of them he wanted to know. It was uh, this weird character who was you know those like little uh, the tongue depressor sticks. Yeah. And he like paste a mask on it, a paper mask. Right, right. Well, it was like that, and it was a face. And it had, like, the screen, like, you'd see, you know, at the Disney, uh, like, live, the big mascot, have that screen, which, you know, that's his eyes. And so I, like, did that. And this dude had all scraggly hair, and he had, like, a robotic leg and a colostomy bag, and he had, like, a pincher claw and, like, all these weird tattoos and a tattered shirt and anarchy signs. And just, he's like, I, I like it, but I just don't get it. Mm. And, like, his stuff was beautiful, you know? And he was actually taught by, like, a master, like, you know, an art master, the yeah. guy would, like, take him to uh, a perspective, like a a building that's, like, at the corner of the street, and you can see both sides, and he's, he would leave him there for, like, eight hours. You better have painted that when I get back. Mm. You know, so this guy's, like, trained, like, how you should be trained, like, like you know, back in the Renaissance days. Uh, and the only explanation I could give him was, it's the way I view the world. You know, it's like we're all hiding behind things, but we're also still in front of everybody. And I was like, not everyone who was born into a bad situation is a demon. Not everyone born into a good situation is an angel. Like, it's kind of have to uh, adorn the medals that you're given along the way, even if you don't want a medal or if you don't get them and you do want them. Like, it was just this weird duality. And he's like, okay. Like, I just want to know you knew why you were drawing what you were drawing. I was like, I think it passed the test. <laughs> then I just kept doodling for years. I wish you could ask that all the time. I wish you could be at a show and be like, what? Like that What's same going picture? on here? No, I wish you could. Yeah, I wish you could. The way the guy asked you, I wish it was normal to be like, what is that about? You, you know what I mean? For him, it was. And right. That's like. Right. No, I'm definitely agreeing with you, and I could tell, because no one had ever... That's the biggest, one of the biggest weird things for me is, okay, I appreciate you and respect you. You're a good dude. We've established that, you know? So when you go, hey, Josh, uh, what do you think of this track? Or what do you think of this thing? I got this idea, and I I might want to move forward with it. I dignify and and justify my time spent, because I, I believe in the moment. I know you do good stuff. I appreciate what you do. You know, and I might also want to ask you that about something along the way, too. So it's like this good uh, connection. So, so many times people have, oh, you draw, you draw. Let me me see your work. And they take it and they go like, 
then they flip and then they like look at me or they look around and they're just flipping flipping and I'm like I, I don't get offended but I'm almost like don't waste my time like if you wanted to look at the artwork if you wanted to appreciate it you just you're not it's just like the internet you just scroll and this was like pre-internet too but now it's definitely right, worse right. but you know you can just actively listen and actively look and consume and just move beyond uh, but when he asked me that I was like it was the first time someone stopped me dead in my tracks and I it took a minute I took like probably 40 seconds before I came back with a response because I was like what do I say I don't know I don't know why I do what I do why you know but it's cool because walking away from there it really helped me you know, even though it's such a small detail out of all these years. Was there a point where, like, music kind of eclipsed art? It hit hard. Mm. When it hit, it hit, uh, you know, I didn't come into this premeditated at all. Right. Not only am I, like, too busy to even stop and think, but I just, as, like, a normal, I mean, we were hitting on it earlier, as a normal, just way I maneuver this plane of existence, it's never, you know... I feel the best stuff happens when you're like, you have a good fixture of what you're comfortable with and how to present yourself and the knowledge that you've acquired thus far, knowing you're going to acquire more at every intersection. And then also like this putty, malleable, I don't want to know too much. I just want to go into it. Oh, yeah. So with music, it was, uh, that's the only thing that I guess I thought about, you know, before coming in here was, how did the music happen? Because it was always there. I just didn't do it. And you may have heard that, you know, out of these many podcasts. But it was always there. And I guess I felt, which I do that now. I'll listen to electronic music because I'm really into doing my own electronic stuff. And uh, I have several tracks and I'll put them out eventually. But not a major. I just kind of do it because I love it. But yeah. I'll listen, you know, all these different electronic artists all the time. And uh, I feel like... Once again, like with the drawing, when I'm not doing it, it's like I'm just, every single song or every single beat or every single nuance, I'm like, okay, it's logging in there, you know? And then when I get, sit down, I can make it, you know, anything within minutes. I can just start and I never have like a block or anything. Mm. So all growing up, it was basically that. Uh, and being on an island, there's only so many people. Yeah. So you had stoners, you had the musician stoners, you had like, people who were total jocks and you you know it's just a micro of the world at large so everyone had a clearly defined place then you mm -hmm. go to school and that's where you uh throw your chops out there for whatever it is you pick or whatever side you've chosen so i just always drew and always had the, the physical style of like a musician or an artist <coughs> and then uh i think it was i think i was 16 i got a late start they start with everything, you know, because I think I was just building algorithms and, like, learning, you know, a lot. But I don't know, I might have been 15 or 16. Uh, I was at a friend's house who had been playing music probably five, six years, seven years already. And then uh, we are just getting high, whatever, hanging out really young. And, and he's like, oh, hey, he's like, you play the drums, right? No. He's like, yeah, you do. He's like, I, I heard you play the drums. I was like, no. And he's like, I want to jam. He's like, you play the bass? I was like, no. I was like, I don't play anything. And he goes, you're shitting me. Which I got that a lot. Uh, a lot of preconceived notions about who I was. And then they were just totally, I'd have to like argue my case and say, no, I don't, I don't, it's not, I just never have. Because that made me realize if 
everyone or the people who matter think I already am. Why am I not? Right. All I have to do is just do it. Right. And that's like a common theme in my life. Like, you know, I can pretty much touch any instrument or any pencil or anything. Just make something, you know, that isn't like, please stop. You're hurting my head or visually that looks like shit. Right. So I didn't, I guess I didn't know that for a long time. And then my grandma surprised me. She bought me a, uh, it was called an Arbor. It's a neon orange guitar. Oh, shit. And uh, it had all these, like, more, the little metal flips on them, little buttons. and Yeah. More than I'd ever seen. And you could, like, push in this volume knob to acquire different things. And, uh, and the little tiny battery-powered 9-volt amp that you put on your belt. So... I, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time, I, I like lived in this trailer park community, and I, I was just like, I don't care. It's my world. So I would just walk around, <laughs> and I would have that little amp, and I would just strong, and I couldn't play anything. And my fingers, like I really disliked how the guitar would hurt my fingers because mm-hmm. I do a lot of stuff just naturally. So when I have to practice, or I have to like get the calluses. Like I just was not about that. Yeah, I, like, I just didn't get it. I thought you could pick it up and do it, which most things I would. So I would just end up being like, ring, ding, dong, ding. I'm just like, whatever. And like, all the, you know, and uh, I'm sure people hated me. You're just like marching around. Totally. And no, and it was like a, a band of one because right. nobody, and it was cool because it was so dark. And since it was like kind of tucked in the woods, there was just these random uh, poles with lights on them. Yeah. So it was totally dark until you come up to it. <laughs> and uh, they would cast this enormous shadow. So I know you've seen like a, a movie trailer or whatever, or like a, it was just like, I would get this huge, like ominous shadow. Right, right, right. And it's like dark and I probably shouldn't be out. It could have been, you know, captured or something. <laughs> but I was just like, this is my shield. And I, I really, uh, really enjoyed that. But then I just put it down because I was like, my fingers hurt, and this sucks. Like, mm. If I can't make something discernible out of something immediately, which normally I can, I just get really frustrated, I guess. You know, if I'm not, if I didn't actively seek it, that was the difference. Like, I was surprised with this guitar. Right. Without right. me finding what I wanted to do. Right. But the good thing was, is that started me to even think about it further, I guess. And uh, my grandma at the time had a this, like... She lived on this, on the very corner, uh, it was like the big curve of the island, when you like get in the heart of it, you know, and uh, she had this uh, condo, or apartments next to it, and they're total hippies. And so that's like, I guess what I had, was like all these little prophets locked away. So I would go over there, and they would just be smoking and being crazy. They're probably my age now then, or even younger, which is weird. But they're like, Dude, and uh, they're like, look at your hands. What do you mean? And they're like, they're so big, you could play the bass. I'm just like, why does everyone say that? <laughs> what is it? Just because you have big hands doesn't mean you can play something. Like, there's a lot of learning and, and time. And, and so they taught me how to play horse with no name. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and that was a big deal. <laughs> the hippies were like, no, you should do it. You got it. Yeah. But then still, it was a couple couple years, and uh, a friend of mine at the time, I had graduated high school, and he was like a very musical family, and uh, they had their own printing business, 
outside their house. But we could just go there and jam. Mm. They had a drum set. He'd already been playing nine years, I think. And uh, the dad was a good musician. The mom had a little SG bass, which I loved. I wish I had one. And uh, there were keyboards, and it was just such a weird uh, maze full of, like, almost if the apocalypse hap- happened, they could literally just, and they had a garden, and a parrot, and a tack parrot, so they could, like, fend off the house, eat their own, you know, offerings, and entertain themselves throughout yeah. the, the world at large. And uh, so when I graduated, I would go back to the school and, like, grab him. And once again, we would. I don't, it's funny because I don't smoke anymore, and I really didn't smoke then. But it's like all the major things were like, eat a mushroom, smoke something, do something to expand, and use it for the moment. You know? Right, right. Which, that's definitely not life. As of like a long time ago, but <laughs> right. at that moment we would. Uh, which that's I think what everyone did on an island, unless you were like the elitist kids, and then you were on to like heavy weird stuff. <laughs> What were they going to? They're on to whatever they wanted. I'm sure they're like coke and weird shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I never really got into a lot of the hard stuff, but we were always just like, we need to do something that expands our mind, and then we need to put that into practice. And so going over to his house, uh, I learned uh, on his mom's SG, I learned a Misfits song and a Pennywise song. Mm. And then two months later, we had a band... And we did uh, the, the same, and it's funny, I've heard that a couple times too, but the same, like, we did the school talent show. But, like, I was already graduated, so we had to, like, do paperwork. And like, <laughs> we ended up killing it because we were total freaks. It was, like, before New Metal. So that whole weirdo Mike Patton meets shock, shock Rock was still, I think that's the easiest thing to do when yeah. you're starting out. Because it's, like, don't look at my fingers. What notes I'm playing? Just look at the whole circus. Right, right, right. Uh, my friend Pat was the keyboardist who had this weird mask, and he's like on a TV playing static, you know. And then uh, I had a orange parachute jumpsuit with a mask, and I had really long hair. And then uh, the drummer looked like Walking Dead zombie. Mm. The guitarist looked like some weird misfit out of a Jeepers Creepers movie. And then we had, I was living on my own at the time, which is weird. Cause no one else was. So we would congregate at my house and uh, like, what should we do? What should we do? And so we made all these, uh, all these posters. One was like, and it was cool because it was still, once again, it was all about collaboration. So we'd have friends come over and we'd like tell them to, you know, basically like those were just a flyer in a way, yeah. but we just used them live, you know, like one was a ringmaster and then it was this weird, you know, surrealistic background. And then another one just said, are we there yet? Question mark, all <laughs> scratchy. And then another one just said something else, like, off the cuff and weird. And we just, like, <laughs> those were, like, our shields. We were actually going to, like, hold up all these weird quotes and all this stuff, mm. but we didn't have enough time. And uh, so we won that. And, uh, yes. yeah, I mean, <laughs> what <laughs> It was uh, it was called Expert Tech Metal. That was the band name. No, the band name was Deviate. Ex- uh, but that was the experimental techno metal. Oh, the the genre. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what went down like post talent show? 
post talent show was uh you know a bunch of young freaks jumping around and i don't mean just that night i mean like it lasted for five years and so yeah uh it just always like you know this is it this is it this is it and uh like i said i was already living on my own and i never had any illusions of grandeur mm. anything it's like you know i was kind of I didn't quite cross over into like the marketing and the full on. And it was pre internet. Like, I didn't have a computer even at that time. Uh, it was just all DIY as can be. But his parents owned the uh, print business. So we were able to get flyers. And I eventually started making like backstage passes. And then once I got into video and photo and all that. But, uh, you know, I've never been heavily into drugs ever. Like, it's just not my thing. You yeah. Know? more of a if I'm gonna it's the light shit and that's dabble you know which is few and far between now but uh, it, that's what went on with TV it was just okay. it was like a, <laughs> a bunch of high school kids and then me so mm. uh, it was cool we did a lot we played a lot of shows and it was you know it was cool because it was it was like pre-slipknot but you know like I had this gas mask and I put all these like pinhead put all these needles sticking out of it and you know, uh, if you ever go to your butcher, they have like that white mesh that they put over the meats. Yeah. And uh, I like, I was working at Winn Dixie at the time. I found that mesh. I was like, this is great. So everything was like, you know, another thing for the temple. Yeah. You know, to adorn your temple with, like for your shows, like a warrior. And so I like put that over the mask. And then I ended up, you remember those bags? Those uh, from Spencer's bag of eyeballs? You can, like, squish them around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I had one of those, and I squished it around until it broke. So I was like, what do I do with all these eyeballs? I was like, oh, my God. I sewed them into my strap. And I, like, <laughs> I took needles and, like, pinned pinned them into the one eye. Because you only need one eye to play the bass. Yeah. So I had the other, which is this weirdo eye thing. And then, uh, and we were good for an island band for what was happening at the time, but it wasn't any next-level stuff. Mm. And uh, so it was more about theatrics and, you know, paint. And, uh, but really good good dudes. But we were just also young, so it was like, it was just whatever. You know, it was literally like a long, like it should have ended probably two and a half, three years in. But we were all like, no, we're going to keep it alive. And then we were shifting members. And then finally I was like, all right, I'm done. Mm. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and... It was cool because we played some of the places in the area that were like uh, like a CBGBs. But Florida is such a vacuum that things pop up and go away. And it doesn't even, especially pre-internet, nothing stuck around. So it's right. like, you know, and Florida is so big that you can exhaust your whole project's worth of, you know, uh, mind, body, spirit, and money before you ever even do anything. Before you ever even leave the state. Before you ever even tour in state. It's so big. So you can just literally... Exhaust everything, especially if you're not in a situation, trust funders, or you don't you don't have that brain, you know, like you do. Like you know, get out there, you know how to you know monetize it at least enough to sustain it. You right. Know? If the average artist hates the business side of it, which I was always okay with it because I knew it was music business. It's both of them. You have to figure out the balance. But most people aren't, and we definitely were not. As in a somewhat long relationship probably the longest one at that point and that, that ended uh, which they all do at that age usually and then I was like okay 
because I'm a, I'm good. I'm good single or I'm good in a relationship. I'm I'm very self motivated and self sufficient. So yeah. It's like, like I said, the present moment thing. I'm like, hey, this is what we're doing now. Till it's not what we're doing. I'm like, well, this is what I'm doing now. So that ended, and then uh, I moved in with a bachelor who was straight up shirtless, tribal tattoos, Budweiser, like fall asleep with Jurassic Park on <laughs> at like 39. And the neighbors are like, what? That boom, boom, you know? Yeah. Total typical dude. And uh, I was working at an emergency service company and I was cleaning up biohazardous material, fire, water, mold, wind damage. And uh, we were called the water dogs. So we did a lot of water claims and floods mm. and, and uh, it was crazy because that relationship literally was ending that week and I knew it and I just called him up. I was like, you wouldn't happen. And he's like, my girl just moved out. I got a room. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, bachelor time. Yeah. So I moved in with him <laughs> and that was crazy. And it ended with me having to just take a blind eye and the landlord kicking him out because it was insane. I mean, he would be outside drunk yelling at Buses and kids with a beer in his hand. Yeah. It's insane. So then I had that place to myself. And uh, friends of uh, my old drummer's younger brother was propositioned to play with this model band called Six Fold Solution, which to date, uh, which something complex is really good. It's, it's literally got out everything I ever wanted to get out because I had an equal stake and we pretty much 50 50 it. Yeah. You know, sometimes it would ebb a little more 60, a little more 40. We would go back and forth. But for the most part, it was 50-50. And uh, I had never had that. It was always someone else's band. they like, you play bass, you know, you have a job. Uh, so my drummer, old drummer's younger brother was propositioned. And he was young at the time. I mean, he couldn't even get into these bars we're playing at. But he was just really good. And uh, so these guys found him. And then they're like, we need a bassist. And he's like. Josh, you know, because the kid grew up with me, you know, like we, you know, we're friends, still are, through the internet. <laughs> I always think of nerd, no one ever really dies, internet. <laughs> uh, so then they contacted me, and at that point, that was the first time I had my, uh, my brain on, like a couple big relationships, big band, and I was like, that's the existential beginnings, you know, I was like, they're like, come over, we want you to be in this. I showed up without my bass, dressed in like not show clothes. Cause you know, you show up in like a metal, you're like, I got my fucking entombed shirt or whatever it is, <laughs> Lamb of God, which I was for. They were still on their first album when we joined. Uh, it would have been Burn the Priest. Uh, I showed up normal and they're like, What's up? And I go, Oh, yeah, I don't bring my bassist to practices, to, 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 uh, uh, what is it? Auditions. Auditions anymore. <laughs> I said, I want to see what you guys have. <laughs> and we will both know based on my reaction, because you already found me. You already want me to do it. So you know I have the chops. But, you know, if this isn't a real, if we can't go as far as we possibly can go, then I want nothing to do with it, you know. And uh, Or the music has to be so fucking ridiculously good that I'm just like, I don't care how long we can do this. Yeah. So they, they rocked out. And, uh, Man, it is the heaviest, most well put together, groove, nasty, aggressive, but subtle music I'd ever like seen live. You know, I mean, yeah. I'd seen like heavy bands and stuff, but that's like unattainable. This was like in their parents' bedroom, and 
It was so cool. And I just was like, I, and I, I like premeditated that. Like, as I heard it, I was like, oh my God, all I'm going to say is where do I sign? Like, and I was like, damn, I should have brought my base. But that never happens. You, that needle in a haystack thing. It's like, it's just so rare. And then, uh, so they played like three songs and they said, and then I said that and they're like, oh yeah. And then we just like got hammered. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> you know? And I really looked forward to that, and it was really good. And we rocked out for another five years. Oh, wow. So it was like 10 years of metal in South Florida, which is like the one of the metal capitals, especially in the U.S. Mm. And, uh, that we did a lot. We did a lot of, uh, we opened for nationals. We toured Florida, but not like, once again, not like what you do. <laughs> not like, you know, like a real tour. It was like we played our area when we could, and then we would just jump down to Miami. Or jump yeah. up uh, to Tampa. Was we played Tampa and Orlando a lot. Orpheum yeah. and uh, Masquerade, Brass Mog. We were like regulars at Brass Mog. Uh, once again, you think the grass is always greener somewhere else. Yeah. So instead of building our base there, we were like, <coughs> you know, we got to go to somewhere closer to where everything's happening. And that was awesome. That was a good five years. And that was like a, literally another long relationship with a, a female during it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, both of those were like total roller coasters, total like intrepid, crazy roller coasters. The band and, and the relationship. The girl, yeah, yeah. the The relationship was like a total toxic bond. Mm. You know, which sucks whenever the other person is still a pretty good human being, just hasn't found their way. Yeah. So, you know, and I'm not one to like ever shit on anybody, really. You know, that's not that's not my thing. I'd rather just, you know, coincide, and then when it's time to step out, you just gotta step out. Uh, which that went definitely a few years longer than it should have. But mm. if it didn't, I wouldn't have met Drew, mm. and I uh, wouldn't have moved here. Wouldn't have met my girlfriend or my girl now. And uh, so yeah, we opened. Uh, we opened for Soylent Green in the, at Brass Mug, and I don't know. I doubt you've heard of Swamp Gas, but they're like, I swear they were like. In, in that part of Florida, all over Florida for like 30, <laughs> for 30 years and uh, maybe not 30, maybe 20. Oh, wow. 20 is probably more like it. But they were grindcore. It was the nastiest, craziest, you know, that's something that, especially being new to, to metal, because I always liked music, you know, I always loved, you know, I'll jump back to that in a second. My, <laughs> my dawn of music, we skipped yeah. that. Uh, I always loved music, you know, and I love Megadeth, Metallica, Nine Inch Nails, you know, Nirvana, Faith No More. But those guys were just insane. It was like, how do you get more technical? Now I know that, that you know the world's bigger and there's more technical people out there. But that was just like they were fucking robots, and they were party machines, and they were just—it was insane. Since we were both. Both, or both of those projects were very well received, not like on a, a large scale, but on friends and family scale. Yeah. No matter how nasty or aggressive they were, you know, if you had the love from the island, the people that mattered, you know, as far as your family and friends, then you had the love. And it was really cool because both those projects, we were able to play big festivals, you know, like our friends who were in bands who had already been in bands for years were covering Papa Roach and shit and then doing their originals and we were just like 100% original right nothing right. 
you know, not even original. It sounded like anything else. Right. It's just like, this is what we feel. And if no one likes it, that's okay. Even though you say that so to yourself when you're young and you don't really mean it. <laughs> you want everyone to love it. And my uncle has always been a partier. Dude had a mullet till like four years ago. Mm. Awesome. Business uh, up front, party in the back. So go. <laughs> uh, but he's always the rocker. And uh, both of those projects, we were able to play these big like hog roast island parties and festivals with like all these different individuals and they would just actively you know nod and be like okay and i always knew i was like they they can't like this but they see us working hard and we're young right guys who can look them in the face and give them a handshake so they accepted us that was a cool thing about an island and making that kind of music there so I guess I'll hit on that. There was uh, hurricanes, Florida. There was a big hurricane in 03, 03, 05. Uh, and I ended up, <laughs> I'm like really good at like doing heists, which I don't <laughs> do anymore. And it was always like Robin Hood versus, you know, uh, just being like a crazy weirdo thief or something or uh, or whatever. But, you know, I also did the construction and restoration side of things. Yeah. So I know how the mold hygienist works and the insurance companies. So when they write, when, you know, say a, a hurricane blows through and all the built, the whole roof falls in and everything's water and mold, well, they write it off. You get your main stuff out of there and you move on and they write it off and they demo it all and, right. and they rebuild. So I would kind of like keep my eye out for those things. Right. And I ended up getting some really cool shit. My first camera film which is great i got at least two years shooting on film before a digital swept which you know it's weird many topics later i know but no but it was uh, i think about that often how perception's a hell of a drug you know like what you think other people are doing or how to do it which i don't ever think that now i just if i want to do it i do it it's done but then it was like oh i just just started film. I just started shooting on film, and I wasn't, uh, you know, uh, whatever the word is. I didn't have a dark room. I wasn't developing right. a film, you know. I was just going to Walgreens and, like, you know, but I still had to, like, think about it with the camera because you only have so many shots. And people have been doing it for so much longer, but then literally, not even two years later, you couldn't get it anywhere. And, I, and then it, it allowed me to appreciate it, like, wow. I did get two years shooting on film. I didn't even have an option to digital. Yeah. It was really, really cool. Uh, so I ended up getting that, and I ended up getting uh, the video camera I bought. And then I got my first computer during that uh, second metal band. I did, like, a huge bathroom remodel, and I, like, paid out my help, which were my friends. And then I talked to my friend, uh, who had already had, like, years of experience with that stuff. And, uh... Uh, he helped me build a computer and that's how I learned how to edit because the weird theme throughout most of this is I just got really high and watched him do it and I was like that's all you do to to do any video is like take life and chop it up and make it in a sequential moving order that makes sense so the brain doesn't detract through bad editing like right. you just make it move forward like life I was like so you're basically just recreating life but however you think it should be. And that just, once again, blew my mind. Uh, 
So then during <laughs> that metal band, that last one, I had all this stuff. I had cameras, I had uh, hard drives, and uh, and that was probably two, two years before Drew and I met. So I had like two years to just, you know, the very end of that project, which I started my own production company. And then uh, I ended up talking to the local radio host who was our friend from doing metal interviews and uh, I called him up and I said hey Vince now this is gonna date You're, you might like this I said hey Vince got a badass computer I have 500 gigs of internal <laughs> memory I've got a camera <laughs> and uh, I was like we can do anything which at that time was like 500 gigs was ridiculous <coughs> we can do anything I said what do we have to do to film and do interviews for national bands. And he goes, let me call you right back. Call me back and he goes, dude, I've been working on this for like six months. I've been trying to figure out how to do it. He's like, I need you to send me a business proposal. I already talked to the station. They're going to fund us to do it. And like, that was an intersection. Yeah. That was, I could tell the band was having issues. Uh, because members were having issues and all the typical things of just a bunch of dudes, Lord of Flies kind of shit. Yeah. And uh, so I started making those videos. And then when I did that, you know, through him, like we ended up filming, photographing and doing interviews of like 13 national metal bands within like nine months. Like yeah. Clutch, Chimera, Madball, Throwdown, Devil Driver, Lamb of God. Uh, it was just, it was insane. Uh, and... At that point, I wasn't able to fully concentrate on the band, you know, which mm. it was already failing, I could tell. So, uh, which I didn't care because that shit was fulfilling, you know. Mm. The band, uh, a band or any musical thing is fulfilling if it's all for the love. You know, I know you know this more yeah. than most. If if you can connect with it and if you can, it's, it's, it's actually a relationship. If you can wake up every day, which I've actually crossed this exact conversation with an ex, you know. If you can wake up every day and self-generate that loving and or passionate and or understanding feeling, you can just always go. It's like a self-propulsion. It's friction. Right. You, you know, you just keep moving forward. And, uh, and if that, if you can't do that, then it's like, what are you doing? Right. You know? So after Six Bullet, I was very okay to leave it. I found a good replacement, a better replacement. That's my thing. I always leave something better than I found it. Uh, he might not be the manager or the video guy or whatever, but he was just a killer-ass bass player who was actually a killer guitar player who yeah. could play killer bass. I found a replacement, and I was like, this has been one of the best creative experiences of my life, but I have to go. So then I left, and then my ex and I were like done, off and off for another year, year and a half. And then uh, we did that whole get back together one more time thing. And then uh, luckily... She was like, hey, I just met this girl. We work at Joe's Crab Shack. And, like, you know, and, and I, I don't, I think she said the boyfriend plays music or something. But yeah. it was very, you know, she knew me at the time, like, not to say too much. Because I would, like, I expand really quick, really fast. So you just want to, like, let it be whatever it was. And we show up to uh, Drew's old house with his old uh, girlfriend and, which we're all still friends and everything, and uh, we're sitting there, and I'm just, you know, you know, you know by now, I'm just like, boom, whatever, hey, 
How you doing? What's up? Let's do this. Yeah. Who got the shots? Shot. Whatever. Let's cook some scallops. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Which we actually did all that. So uh, I'm sitting there with the ladies, and he's somewhere, and I just go, and I was like, where's, where's the dude at? Where's the dude? Where's your boy? And she's like, oh, he's in this music room. And I go, <laughs> so I go over to his uh, little room, and it's just like a slider door. It's not even like a bifold. It's like a plastic door, and uh, I slide it open. And he's just in there like, you know, wide-eyed. He's got uh, the cork Triton and these other weird things that I hadn't seen and stack of blank CDs. And there wasn't even, there wasn't a window. There wasn't vent. There was a hot water heater. It was like this weird little Florida utility room. And, uh, you know, I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm making some underground hip-hop beats. It's like, underground? Hip-hop? Beats? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I just go, oh, well, you know, we should do something. Because I do, uh, I was like, I've played metal for years. I was like, but, uh, oh, I also did like classical music along the way. I did all these weird things because people always want me to come do something. But I was like, I've played, you know, bass for a long time. And I know that bass, you know, definitely can accentuate uh, rap and hip hop. And yeah. so, and also uh, spoken word and poetry. So I was like, I, can, I make poetry. I was like, I can whip some up right now. And then uh, we just decided <laughs> to do a track. And at the time, I had this huge. Video studio. I mean, it went from that story I told you of how I got into it to, like, I had this huge corner desk. I had two fat, big dual monitors. I had all these toys on me. It was, like, it was so stupid. It was so ridiculous. But my machine wasn't even, like, strong enough to do, like, the visual representation of someone who walked into the room. Like, right, what right. The? This is like NASA. Uh, <laughs> but at the time, the first... <coughs> damn cold uh i would love to let you hear that first song one day oh yeah it's called leviathan originally it was called acid water and it's so bad but it, it, it you, there was something in it so the right. first couple songs he would just give me a beat and i at first we were like yes let's let's make it like half music sound movie soundtrack because i had all these sound bites and all this stuff and half rap and half whatever whatever happens We'll lay down your bass and we'll do this and uh, I'll make a drum program after you give it back to me or whatever the case was or before. And uh, so that first song was like probably eight minutes or six minutes. So stupid. And we sampled Maggot Brain and I did all these robot sounds and I, <laughs> I did all these machine guns <laughs> and like people screaming and then like robots. So if you listen to it, it sounds like World of the uh, War of the Worlds meets some crazy spoken word funk meets... A master massacre in Benghazi, or wherever, any one of those places that are crazy. I mean, it's like, you know, just real, somewhat little tea, but in your face. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. And at that point, we didn't do any, you know, I didn't know how to equalize sound to get back to them, so everything was clipping. It's just a fucking mess. But it's really cool. We both laid a verse down. Yeah. You know, and I that was the first verse I ever did, you know peering down from the satellites <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> i was doing it like a concept as if i was a signal coming from a computer base through the satellite coming back mm -hmm. to humanity giving out the signal or whatever so dumb <laughs> and then uh we did like five tracks after that that i was just like i can't write this fast like i don't get to you know i have to I'm very experiential very or whatever the word is you know all 
pretty much everything I write is from something, you know. Right. Unless we make it a point, like, we're going to write about this bottle of coconut water. And we're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, which he and I were very skilled at the time. So we did, like, he did, like, four or six tracks. And one of them we made sense out of. But then we hit this stride. And those are just lost in the black hole of nothingness. But we hit this stride. Uh, just started getting so... And he and I both don't smoke pot. You know, it's, like, not... And when we try, we become complete nematode cave freaks. We're just yeah. so, it just doesn't work with my brain or his. And uh, and everyone thought we were druggies. <laughs> it's like, that's funny. Uh, so we would just get hammered. And uh, I'd pull out the bass and whatever came out, you know, whatever came out. And it just so happens those first few tracks were fucking ridiculous. You know, I mean, now standards, but being in a vacuum of Florida, right? no one was doing anything like that. Um, right. So, it's wild to think like I don't know because you have <laughs> co- done so many like collaborations with different people up here, and Drew has as well. I feel like you're two of the most like open, kind of creative dudes, and it's just it's crazy for me to imagine you guys being in that vacuum and then like meeting each other all together, all at once, you know. And you know his story, how he got down there. So. Yeah, yeah. I And it was cool. Because, uh, like, during, you know, we spent a lot of time together. A lot of time. We even lived together multiple occasions. We worked together. So sometimes it was so ridiculous where the world didn't even matter. You know, we had to get that 10,000 hour in. Right. In, like, three to five years. Right, and right. We had to, like, and I'd already been doing it so long. And so when we first decided, when we first made, like, Crack in the Hourglass or... Club Nia Farm or one of the first or Close Your Eyes one of the first couple songs <coughs> I go okay I just like stop and I was like this is not new to me I have done this I have given every single element of myself towards a bigger picture and it's always I lose five years of my life I said so now I'm I think I was I was already like 27 so and I mean I've been doing it since I was like 17, 18, 19 yeah. and I was like Yo, like, and I told him, I was like, I'm either going to go to school to be like a web designer or something. Something, you know, I was like, I got to do something that I know I'll, I'll be taken care of, whatever it is. And uh, I was like, so if we're going to do this, like, I got to know we're going to do it. Like, I, you can't be a druggie. Like, you need to keep me in line. We need to, like, keep each other in line and reach for things that were previously not even in our in our view. Right. Like, what can we do that's so insane and so out of this box that makes us feel so good, you know? And and he totally was on the same page and, and agreed and was like, I hate all this shit. He's like, I've been here two years and I haven't met one person I like. I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, well, Florida will do that to you. <laughs> a lot of small town mentality shit, mm. you know, even in the bigger parts. But so then we hit, we hit that stride and uh, I had made up my mind. I was like, there's no going back. Yeah, I knew it. I was like, "This is minimum going to be five years," right? Know? But it, I think total we had like seven and a half years, and that was like right as catharsis was like ending, which in his podcast he said I think it was like thirteen months, but it took like eighteen to like twenty one months, mm. uh, and we knew that that was going to be crazy. But so flashing back, all those all that shit in Florida was like we just were like, well, we'll just do it in our basements, in our bedrooms. We'll just put it online, and we'll just do it because we love it. Yeah. And we will never sell out because we won't have even a possibility of selling out, even whatever that means, because we're always going to do what we love. 
we just felt that in the beginning, if we just did what our emotions made us do and what we needed to hear, which we weren't hearing, then it can never, you know, even if we make something that picked up track or made something that were to pick up traction and maybe have a club feel, which a lot of our stuff had that, it didn't matter because we'll do anything. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, whatever. I guess we were worried about selling out. I don't know why, just because we were doing so many different genres, you know? Right. Uh, what was it like doing that project in Florida? It was, like we said, a vacuum. So yeah. we only had a couple f- people who, and they didn't even, no one, and I hate to say it, no one did what we did, but it was like, there was, we couldn't, you know, either it was just rap or it was like rock and roll or, or metal or, or yeah. radio stuff, so or beach stuff. So I know he mentioned uh, one of our friends, Strange Arrangements. That was really cool because we got to just like freestyle our stuff over there. So right. That was really cool and that trained us, you know. And But I mean, all the shows were just, you know, you can't play Battle of the Bands because they're all politically rigged unless it's like through a school function or a church or you know that it's not. But most of them, if they're through radio stations or whatever, usually they already know who's going to win. It's just, yeah. Uh, so it was just like there was, it was more fun just getting hammered and just making it. Uh, I guess the 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 common theme of all of something complex up until right before we moved, an album and a half before we moved was just kids in a candy store. Yeah, anything goes. We're already aliens, so let's explore and experiment and see just what kind of aliens we are. Yeah. So, then preparing to move here was like uh, I think I told you that but like we did a lot of research and uh you know he would and you know me I mean I'm always looking and learning and so I was like if we're gonna move which I lived in San Mariko for three decades yeah and so I was like if we're gonna move we have to go somewhere where we can take a, this little mini empire where it's gonna flourish or, or at least open up new doors or at least be received properly like anything it didn't matter like what no final vision you know yeah and uh i always acclimate really uh somewhat seamlessly so i was like i'll go anywhere do whatever but so when we would like research like well what's in baltimore because we talked about a bunch of other places they're from here so they didn't want to move back here initially and i just said i don't care where i was like i don't know about California or New York. I was like, that's kind of... I felt like it was played out. I'd never even been there. I was yeah. just like... I, I've just heard that age-old story so many times. I was like, I don't want to go there to, like, be a movie star. Like, I right, just right. want to go somewhere that's, you know, other people like us. So, uh, I, I, like, six months of back and forth, and then finally, you know, I get a text, and I was like, what do you think about... Ball? I was actually at work at the restaurant we worked at, and he was a day off, and he's like, what do you think about Baltimore? You know, his girl at the time. She thinks she wants to move back there because her family's here. His is Cape Man, you know. So I go, you know what? I was like, it's happening. It's the Northeast, close to everything. I was like, I'm as far away from every. I might as well be in Alaska. That's the polar opposite of where I live, where yeah. I've always been. Like, so, you know, not logistically, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I don't care. I was like, I, whatever. As long as we're a unit and we're doing what we need to do, like, I'm down for whatever. So. That was uh, that was cool. Making up your mind to do that, and like, you know, cutting your loose ends or not cutting your loose, but like tying everything up, your life and like selling everything and 
I had just met Jen at the time. And, uh, you know, when you first date someone that you think might ser be serious, you don't know. So, you, you know, there's things you still keep for yourself. Uh, and I didn't even think about it at first, like the whole moving thing. Because at first, you're just like, well, this might not even work. You know, I don't get too invested. In she might be crazy. I might be crazy. Who knows? And I think like three months in, I just go, like I could tell it was real. You know, and I go, yeah. oh, by the way, I'm moving to Baltimore in a year and a half. Or a year or whatever. I think it was a year and a half. And she goes, what? You just tell me now? I was like, I don't know. I really didn't think about it. Because it was so far off. Yeah, yeah. We made up our mind. Totally. Uh, and so she got back to me like a week or two later. And she goes, I'm down. Let's do it. It's like, holy shit. Like, we're doing this. So yeah. we spent that time researching, Googling Baltimore. Hip-hop. Indie hip-hop. Because we were like indie electronic grunge hop. That's what we were. Right, right. So we... So we're like all these keywords and you know it's cool because Mickey came up, you came up, Burnham yes. came up, uh Soul Cannon, ninety eight rock, like, you know, and I immediately some of it I was like, I don't I don't even want you know, and I I knew that like I've never associated with ninety eight rock or any of the noise in the basements. Yeah. No offense, that's just not my thing. That's Florida. I was like, right. I don't want ninety nine X, ninety eight rock, I don't, uh so did a lot of research. And we saw, you know, who was moving and who was shaping. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, that's what I was saying. So I kind of convinced myself, I'm going to go there with a film resume. I'm going to be a new me. I'm going to be the me I always wanted to be. You know, that I was held back for whatever reason or whatever. You know, because you just get kind of in the groove of the reality around you. I was like, I want to, you know, explore and do. And yeah. So I get here and it's like, I it was like six months I couldn't find a job, a stable job, and I was like, "This, this is fucked." Like, I didn't know that the whole reality of film changed. Television changed. Mm. Like, it got to where if you didn't know somebody, or if you weren't accoladed at school, or you weren't a cousin or a brother, like people were telling me, like, "Oh, this looks cool, but I'm not gonna hire you because you're not my cousin or something." Right, right. Ah. So, you know, and I didn't get any of that when I was researching here. I was like. You know, there's film shoots on every corner, <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, which there kind of are sometimes. But yeah, tight crews and stuff—they all know each other. Uh, and but we already knew who, who at least what group we wanted to try to connect with, even just to start getting shows. Yeah, you know, and I I've always done graphic design and all this different shit. So my thing was like, whatever we got to do. To like have as smooth of a transition as possible, you know, like offering services, connecting with other artists. That uh, Golden West Chesky Collectible Animals show. Collectible Humans? Collectible Humans. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that was one of the first major networking events. Oh, nice. Because I remember I got Adam's card. And I, did you play that show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I, that was the first time I got to see you. And then Chesky was just like, whoa. Yeah, you know, like there was a lot of skill in the room, and it was at the diner at the edge of the avenue. Was, right, right. Kind of blew me away. Like that's what you couldn't get. There was a lot of stuff close to your house, but nothing of like a higher caliber. Right, like, right. The bu the businesses would look really good, but then the talent would suck. Or right, you know, it'd be a total dive. You wouldn't want to be caught in. Whereas this was like an unassuming place where hipsters and and anyone congregate and then they just shows at night and put a curtain up. I was like, that is fucking beautiful. Yeah. That's like as DIY as you can get for while still giving a fuck. Right, right. I mean, that's... And that blew me away about getting here. Every service provider of any 
business demographic could potentially be someone who could help your career, befriend you, you know, offer you a service outside of the restaurant or the Kinkos or whatever. Like, I really felt like this place was the island of misfit toys. Mm. And I was so... I mean, you remember when we first met, I was just like on fire, pissing vinegar, like this. There's so many stones to turn. Yeah. Gotta turn as many as possible. Once again, get that thousand, ten thousand hour in like a year. Just turn everything. See what this place has. Because if not, then you're just wasting your time and others' time. Yeah. Uh, so for he and I to start, you know, I could tell we weren't really, because any new face isn't really, especially if it's in a, I don't, I don't know if I was aggressive, but anyone who, in advancing, uh, someone who advances, you know, because uh, yeah. it's a found economy, so most people want to find it themselves or have a good friend tell them about something. So I was always just forcing the river. You know how it was when we got here. It was just, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't hard. It wasn't disheartening. It wasn't anything negative. It was just a lot of work. Yeah. Those first three years was insane. So insane. Because that's the only way to do it. You know, you really pavement, everything. And then when I started throwing the shows, the uh, Dionysus shows and all that, yeah. like, and you know, same same thing that you do, but all the flyering. I used to bike from Medfield and Woodbury, and I would get everything on the left side of the street, all the way down to Micah. Yeah. Then I would make a loop and get everything on the right side of the street. And then I'd have the John Hopkins stop, and then I'd have the all these in-between stops with all these different silver fucking power bars. And just like, it was just so much work. And uh, it was great. But you only have so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the smarter instead of harder thing. It's like, that definitely, and that didn't help, like, he and I being so long in the project, because it was just like, you know, give it your all, give it your all, and right when we move here, where well, we shouldn't have to give it our all. It should just be like, welcome. Like, wow, you guys are cool. Right, right. I don't right. hate what you do. I can tell you believe yourself, and the beats are good, and whatever, lyrics are good. But that wasn't initially the case because there's just so much noise. I know. It's it's almost like I can imagine. It was it would be like if right now I moved to like Cleveland or something and tried to right like, where something's happening and you're like, yeah, no, you're I'm like, hyped. And right. Like right. okay, cool. <laughs> right. You're like, I got a lot of albums. Like right. I I I know how to tour well. Like we could do it together. And like yeah 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 whatever. Yeah. And then their friend finds out about you, tells them, and then it comes back. It's like right right right. But there's so much noise everywhere. And it's like, how... I guess I'm glad that I personally don't pursue that fat rising to the top thing anymore. Like, I don't... And I hate saying crabs and bucket, because I don't, I don't think, you know... Anything you look at in life can be a crabby bucket scenario. Yeah, so I got crabs. Yeah, <laughs> I got crabs right now. No, uh, but I just don't... Uh, I think that's there's too much of a negative, un, unrelatable connotation to that. Yeah, I mean maybe that's stupid or whatever. No, I I totally agree. But I hear it, and I'm like, well, I mean, not every crab just wants to pinch the shit out of you to get out of the thing. Yeah, caring if it hurts you. But there's just I like I guess that's why I like the like fat rising the top because like only the thickest you know loudest one is gonna like yeah. plop a front. But you know it's like now I. uh you know, I just think more about all the stuff I always heard. You know, how 
how to just do what you love and how to uh, not care about anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and as long as you're happy and as long as you're seeing the progress that you want. Because uh, definitely once we started transitioning away from that, I think, you know, like we all lived in the same house again. Yeah. And then like he and Josie started Black Sage. And then Jen, you know, she's a solo artist. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. She plays like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, but she was like, it's been a harder transition for her here. Mm. Uh, and she was like, I need something. And I was so consumed with that project. Like, you know, we both knew we were like, just, we had to do it justice on that final thing. We wanted our friends to be part of it. It was like, we really respected your guys' crafts and, and also to be able to, like that thing I was saying about uh, the uh, the Daft Punk, you know, around yeah. the world song, like this, that's kind of how we saw, or at least I know I did, how I saw Catharsism. Like I could see all the pieces. I knew my friend Johnny, who I met through Yada Yada, like I could hear his violins and I could hear your voice and like I could just, I was like, how do we get to that point? You know, how do we do it justice? Especially if we're going to like start experimenting with other things, yeah. you know, because you want to leave... I guess for me, I, I've never been able to like leave a project that I gave so much to, and not that I've left or you ever really leave anything, but I've never been able to transition and even think about anything else. Yeah. Unless I know, like, we did what we we did all that we could do. Right, you know, right, we right. We got what we needed out of it, you know. And so uh, when we were doing that, I was so consumed with it, and Jen was like, "Look, I need some music. I need some beats. I need something to do while you guys are doing that." Yeah. Because, you know, I, I just, I have a voice inside me. And she helped. She's helped many of our albums. And oh, yeah. She's done she's done guitar and vocals. But she needed, like, her own thing. So, you know, I kept saying, Drew, like, I need some beats. I got to give my girl some beats. Like, don't you have something in the databanks? Just overflow. Because all this crazy shit from all these years. And uh, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was so, he just started Black Sage. So he's just like, you know, he was all over the place, too. So... I got back into making my own electronic music. Mm. That was like the perfect crescendo mm. to everything. To, you know, 17, 18, and now going on 19 years or whatever of doing this was like, because I hadn't made my own music. That's my, just my brain. Yeah. And my heart. Uh, and as they drifted, I like made probably like 20 tracks and I didn't, I didn't give any of them to Jen because I was like, these are so good. I love these. They're like soundtracks. They're the soundtrack to the new phase, you know? Yeah. It's like became its own thing. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And plus, as you're learning. So I had to like regain, which I had only done it for like two months. And I made all this weird shit. And I was like, but I had to re seriously like, and I learned Ableton and like, I had to like teach myself another editor. It was just insane. Yeah. And then I had to buy new shit. I was like, now I need a controller. So I just like started going crazy. Yeah. And I got into Arteria and uh just started buying all this stuff. And I, was, and I got these vintage keyboards <laughs> What are you gonna call it? Uh I I was reading this magazine. Which is kinda weird, like even to put a name on it, because I don't even know what it's gonna be, you know, if you know, it's film and T V or if it's just for me or if I just use it, you know. I'm I'm gonna be doing like a series of like documentary weird stuff. Oh you cool. Know? Uh, Baltimore centric and non. That's what all the years of the city paper helped me do. Yeah. See this real, which I already had the composition, but now I have like a total photojournalistic uh, brain. 
and uh, which I kind of always had it, but I never had to put it to use so consecutively. Yeah, use that muscle. Uh, but so I was I was reading this article, and they were writing the word stranger, and they misspelled it S T R A I N G E R. Okay. And I just my first thought was ha ha dumbass, and I just kept going. But for like two days, I just kept saying it would just pop up, and I would just say it in my head, and I'm like, what the fuck? Why do I keep saying that? And then I just like went. <laughs> Oh my god! And I googled it. Nothing, not one thing had it. Yeah, done. Like awesome. you know, uh, for now, uh, you know, and, uh, I told you about the accident I was in. That was that fucking knocked out like half a year of my life just yeah. fucking with all the shit you have to do with that and insurance and recovering. So that was uh, and then we had Alex. Yes. So it was just like, you know, which that's amazing, but that go out of town. Get in a car accident, you know, and so this year has been just, uh, oh, and starting my own business. So it's just, it's been like crazy, but I've still been able to like make music videos. <laughs> I've still been able right. uh, to start, help co-start a club and like, there's just so much that, you know, I guess I don't ever really premeditate anymore. I just kind of. Like, even with the handyman stuff, it's kind of interesting. You know, I can go somewhere now, and I don't even have to do the whole whole thing that you would normally do. I don't have, I, most of all, I don't have to have a tape measure. I can just, like, look at it. I don't have to, like, level it. Like, I can just tell. I can just, like, just run through shit. So yeah. it's, like, even, like, in the arts, if I want to make something, I just do it. If we want to open a club, we just do it. Yeah. Know? We figure out all the right pieces, and we just move forward. Yeah. Know? And... Oh, <laughs> but that's awesome. I I'm afraid to branch off because we've been going for almost two hours here. Really? Yeah, I'm afraid to branch off into this club or fatherhood or anything <laughs> like that. But is there any is there any other like main thing you want to mention before we wrap up? That's funny because right before we stopped that, there were a couple things I was like, oh god, those are major. Yeah, I told you like this. It just never ends, so uh, I guess there's no real additions because nothing's ever done. Nothing ever really stops. So it's like, <laughs> There are many people I appreciate, many things I love, and uh, I think every, what, every day is the dawn of a new era, and every phase brings a new face, so it's like assimilating and, and loving. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks to Josh. We'll see you next week.